much. Nice one. I'm going to move this over here. I'll try not to pace because it's the worst, isn't it? When you're watching something like, whoo, whoo. so I'll do my very best not to do that, and I'll probably fail. So it's fine though, because we're all family. So today we're looking at. We'll just start with a bit of clarification. We've either got Philemon, which a lot of the Americans seem to really enjoy. But I have heard of some others that obviously use Philemon. And then there's Philemon. I'm going to go with Ben's personal choice at home group, which was Phil Lemon. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. No, I won't do that. Don't worry, Ben. Pure panic. Like it. So we're going to go with, I'm going to go with Philemon. Philemon works for me. It seems to flow off the tongue nicely. I can't say Philemon. I'm sorry, Ben. It has some really good insights. And you can see it on the screen here. This is as technical as I'm getting today. I'm usually about the bells and whistles and all of that stuff, but I've only got 10 minutes, 600 seconds-ish. So I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible. This is what you need. Good stuff. Lovely. So I'm going to try and highlight what was going on. So this was a letter from Paul to... Philemon, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to tell you the context around it. So at some point, we aren't entirely sure exactly when, um, but Paul was preaching in Colossae, and he met with Philemon. Yeah? I'm going to use every different one. Who was a pretty well-to-do Roman. So he had his smart togas, Christmas jumpers, best sandals. He was living the dream. But Philemon saw some truth in what Paul was saying. Regardless of all that stuff, he was like, there's some truth in what you're saying. And he became a believer himself and ended up starting a church in his house. So was, I think it was one of the first churches. It was the first church. Yeah, we can speak to me afterwards. Um, but he started that church in his own home. And one of his servants, something, something bad had happened. We didn't exactly know what. And he went off and spoke to Paul, who was in prison at the time. And Paul wrote this letter to Philemon. And this is the very beginning of it. So Ben covered the first part. This is just after. And this is what we're going to focus on today. It's a very small passage. It says, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective, key word, for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. I don't know about you, right? When I'm in church and someone reads a scripture, I haven't really got one of those brains that just goes, oh yeah, that makes sense. I kind of hear it and I'm like, oh, where's the message? I, I want to hear like, the translation of everything. I want to know what it actually means. So I'm going to break it down into small little chunks, because that's the way that my primary school teacher brain works. So we're going to start at the first one over there. And Paul says, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. So imagine, right, you've just received a text message. You know that this situation's happened. You know that like, the, there's a bit, of, a bit of beef with someone, and maybe they've gone and spoken to someone. You get this message from Paul. You can't, maybe you kind of expect it, maybe you, don't, maybe you don't. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. So you're looking at that on your phone. Ah, so you're showing me that you've been praying for me. Well, that's, that's, that's nice. That's good. That's a good start. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Have I been praying for you? That would be my first thought. I'd be like, okay, oh, oh, okay. And hopefully, 
all of your answers would be, yeah, yeah, I've been praying for you as well in prison while I've been out here. Uh, Yeah, I'm doing quite well. Verse 5 says, Because I hear of your love, so this is Paul again to Philemon, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. He's in prison. He's in prison and he's heard of Philemon's love. Again, this was one of my friends. They're off somewhere. Have they heard of the love? And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for Christ's sake. Okay, so at the start of verse 5, Paul's saying, if you're looking at verse 5 up there, I know you. You love the Lord. Here's what that looks like. You treat people with that same love. You tell everyone you love the Lord, great. You're treating people with that same love. Great. It's an assumed thing. It's not like a, are you? It's a, you are. I know. You love the Lord. You treat them with that love. You care for them. And it's out of a reflection of the love you know God has for you. And this is, and Ben always says it, this is to me as much as it is to you, right? There's no, there's no Saint Walker in his Christmas jumper, for sure. But so this was a tough one for me to do. He's also telling us that the day-to-day being a Christian naturally should be seen by the way you are. He has heard of these things as a natural result of Philemon doing them. Yet Philemon didn't do them to be seen or heard. He's heard of them, but he didn't do them to be seen or heard. He's doing them as a natural result. He never expected this text or letter or parchment or however it was, a pigeon or whatever. And such, his motivations are pure. So you're not doing the things you do because you're waiting for someone to turn around and go, good job, nice one. In fact, it's the opposite of that, isn't it? God's like, I see the things you do in secret. I see the things you do in secret. It's really important. Cleverly though, Paul still manages to give us a guide through the legit praise that he's given to Philemon. He says, I pray the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for Christ's sake. It's a little bit like me saying to you guys, and completely honestly, and hear that, honestly, like I'm meaning it when I say it, I pray that during your week when you're spending time sharing your faith with each other, those you work with, and sharing all that stored up love that you have because of Jesus, that things go well for you. That there's unity. That you feel loved. That it all reflects who Jesus is. It's quite quite. <laughs> I look at my week. I won't go into it, but I look at my week and I'm like, oh, here I am preaching this. Ouch. But that's the beauty of God. Right? He looks at you, sees Jesus. Philemon was was doing the stuff already and Paul was reminding him of who he is. For us, it's a model of what the church should look like. It's a, hey, you're amazing because God made you that way and however small you think your part, and again, another key one, right? Another key one for the people over here doing the little bits and for you guys having your chats. But however small you think your part, there is a lot of importance in the things that you deem trivial. I don't know about you guys, but for me, the presence of more people on a Sunday, it builds me up. 
But it builds me up. Someone, a family member said to me, I don't, I don't enjoy it anymore, church. I don't go. I'm like, oh, come on. I enjoy seeing you there. And this isn't, isn't you, Steve. Don't worry. This is, <laughs> this is the other side of the family. <laughs> but yeah, it builds me up. It builds me up seeing people come who haven't been for a long time. It, selfishly, I draw strength from them, from you. Like, it's awesome. And it's not just a numbers thing. It's like a heart thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I have this little chat. Oh, they're winding me up about this. Do you know what I mean? It's just the little moment-to-moment things. Paul finishes this section with verse 7. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. How many hearts do we refresh in our day-to-day? Those hearts, <laughs> they're not going to refresh themselves. They're not. If you, don't, if you don't come along here, if you don't tell people about that love you have, those hearts aren't going to refresh themselves. Like it is a, an actual, it's like, a, it's like a thing. You know, it's an actual thing we can do. Give an honest compliment. You know, the music was an, an <laughs> honest compliment. Don't just say something because you think you should. Don't just hit the like on the status. You know what I mean? Actually give someone an honest compliment. Take some time thinking about it. I promise you, you can come up with them. You can look around and you go, do you know what, actually, fair play, you've done that. Thank you very much. Well done for coming today. Do you know what I mean? You can give honest compliments. Thanks for doing the refreshments. Ian, you're looking absolutely ripped, mate. Right? (laughs) Honest compliments. (laughs) What can I say? You're doing well, my friend. Genuine praise and building each other up. Having a laugh. Like it's okay, right? Don't worry. <laughs> now Paul's final statement is a reminder of who Philemon is, Philemon, but equally who we are in Christ together. We tend to, well I tend to, we all tend to constantly shift, and this is another important one, right, for at least three people in the room. We tend to constantly shift our perception of who we are. We change our mind about who we are all the time. We're like, oh this is who I am. Oh, I'm not feeling great today. In fact, I feel rubbish. This is who I am. Oh, I was horrible to that person. This is who I am. No, 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 no. God's view of you doesn't change. He says you're enough. He says you're enough. Every single one of you are enough. Massively important. It changes everything. It's not like, oh, I've done this little thing. No, you are enough. 100%. Paul's saying, If you viewed yourself as I see you, as the best self in Jesus, then your actions will speak for themselves. He's pointing to that version of us that we tend so often to push aside. You won't need to panic about one small error, or this, or that, or whatever it is that we all do. If you genuinely act from a place of love, which are the actions that Paul is drawing attention to for a reason, he's doing it on purpose, They're the actions that reflect the character of Jesus. They're your actions that reflect the character of Jesus. You've got those tough work colleagues, right? And you speak truth and you speak love when everyone else is like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. That's Jesus. Sorry, Ben's fidgeting. I'm running out of time. I can feel it. (laughs) Oh, there we go. If I had another slide on it, it would say the challenge. The challenge, I guess, is that it should be... I like this. I was pretty happy with this. But it should be... (laughs) But it should be... (laughs) I'm honest, right? (laughs) The challenge is that it should be unusually usual for Christians to stand out by their nature. It should be unusually usual. Do you know what I mean? I 
I've, I've, that's God. God, God, God wrote that because I'll, I'll write. I'll, uh, uh. That's God. It should be unusually usual for you to stand out wherever you are. People be like, "What on earth is going on with you?" I haven't double checked with him. Oh, here we go. But I don't remember the last time someone said to me, "Mark, I've heard of the good things that you've been doing in your walk with Jesus. Specifically, we're sharing it." But you've got people like Jim, who. People know that he goes around the town. His actions, he doesn't do them so that I'm stood up here saying, oh look, Jim goes around the town and spreads the love of Jesus. He's doing them out of a place of just the love of Jesus. But your actions will reflect what you believe and should reflect it. The next slide, if there was one, would say, it's a lot of effort. And again, this comes back to Ian. Because we've been having a really good chat at the gym recently. And I'm not going to pretend it's an easy thing. But at the gym group, Ian and I often have times where we know what exercise to do, right? We know it. We're like, oh, there's the bench press. <laughs> but then Ian kind of comes alongside and we're like, bench press? And he's like, oh, it looks a bit, <laughs> looks a bit heavy, that, doesn't it? it? Looks a bit heavy. What about a few curls? We're like, oh, yeah, let's... But they're pretty heavy as well, aren't they? A few curls, pretty heavy. Let's just go at water machine. Let's go water machine. So, and it can be, <laughs> it's the time, isn't it? It's the effort that it takes to love people when we want to do our own thing. And that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, it comes down to us going, I'm a bit more important than all of you. I'm more important than you. That's what I'm saying when I'm not loving, when I'm not spending the time. I used to think that midweek, sorry, Ben, again. I used to think that midweek groups were a waste of time. <coughs> Before I went to one, I did. I used to think, what's the point of a midweek group, right? Who needs it? I got my Sunday, I'm feeling good about myself, doing my songs, leave, spend a week gradually deteriorating, and then I start again at Sunday. Happy days. Perfect. But it's why the early church was so successful, because they knew each other. Like they actually, Ben's always saying, did life, right? Did life, did life. I'm like, what does that mean? It actually does mean that. It means that in your day-to-day lives, you meet together, you see each other, right? You know each other. But it's an effort. Trust me, it's an effort, right? I, I lead a home group now. That Those drinks orders are getting out of hand. <laughs> so I want a double mocha chocolate. I'm like, yeah, of course, I love you. Yeah, great. It has a price. It's our time. But let's be honest and say we aren't all willing to pay it. We're not. Sorry to go from the laughter to the serious, but we're not. We're not all willing to pay it. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> I'll let you think about that what you will. But the relationship and connections we build through giving our time to others without asking for anything in return. Right? You don't need to tell them that you helped them. What, why are you doing that? It doesn't make any sense. We'll, be, we'll build each other up. We'll finish with one, one more slide that says, love one another. It says it just there. John 15, 12, Jesus made it super clear. Super clear. He said, you know, they're all over doing all their little thing. He must have been so annoyed. What are you doing? He said, Love one another as I've loved you. Love one another as I've loved you. Love one another as I've loved you. Someone's hurt your feelings, caused you difficulty in church, right? You think, are they following that commandment? You need to, you need to take everything back to Jesus. Forget everyone in that sense. Forget everything else. Forget all the hurt that maybe you think you've experienced. Love one another. It fixes everything. If you needed a guide for church growth and unity, it's probably that scripture. 
It's not airy-fairy. Honest love is far from it. However, it's legit. And it's truth. And it's freedom. Loving others as Jesus loves you removes all the divisions. It's gone. It literally is gone because straight away you're never thinking about yourself. That's, that's, that's gone away. It's so easy then. It's lovely. Um, Paul says to Philemon, Philemon, <laughs> I can love it. And to you and me, you're great at showing the love of Jesus. And this is what I'll finish with for all of you. Like, you are great. The amount of conversations I've had, I like the banter. You know, I like that little, the little in-betweeny bits, the coffee, like, oh, that's a bit. I love all of that. So whatever you think of yourself, remember what I said at the start, God looks at you completely differently. He's like, you're enough. You're absolutely enough. It's fine. He does, it, <laughs> I'm not sat. I'm not stood here in front of 40, 50 Jesuses. So what you are is enough. But God sees 40 or 50 Jesuses. <laughs> Every time you're doing, saying, or praying something that's for someone else, you're putting a foundation in place. Your presence here is important. You are essential. And keep doing your bit. Don't think it isn't enough. Amen. Yeah. Lovely. Is that all right? And uh, we're, we're seamlessly going to just transition because if you've been around the last couple of weeks, you'll know that um, all year, one of the things that isn't working at all, but I can't get two hands on it. All year, one of the things that we've been working on behind the scenes is just how we do this one anothering, how we do all this stuff we keep talking about. You know, because it's, it's, it's very easy to keep talking stuff, isn't it? And actually, at some point, you've actually got to do some of it. Do you know what I mean? You know? It's like, I can talk, I can talk, I can talk. But no, we actually need to act. And uh, we've been working on, a, if you're new to church, the words will probably sound a bit cringy, but it's called pastoral care. Do you know what I mean? If you've been in church for a while, that's the phrase. You know? And you know, it's all about what Mark said. It's that one anothering, that building one another up. You know, if you took, sorry, just the scripture, just for one set. If you took verse 5 and verse 7 from here, you know, this is what Paul is saying, you know, because I hear of your love and the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. <laughs> yeah, it's not an optional extra. He's, t- he's saying that was, that was true of, of the church that met in Philemon's house and Philemon himself. Yeah, and in verse 7, you know, for I've derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Uh, I'll add to Mark's challenge, because uh, Mark and I like, like these challenges. You know, could we say that of ourselves as we're sitting down over dinner? That, that the hearts of the saints, that's you lot, if you're in Christ, do you mean, have we refreshed one another? And, and that's, a, that's a huge thing, but it's what we want to get to. So throughout the year, um, we've been looking at, okay, what goes on? This is going to... Oh, I don't like these music stands at the moment. I'm going to buy my own. Um, honestly, it's going to cost me a laptop. Luke. Can I claim for that on expenses? <laughs> We're meeting this week to look at my tax return. Uh, point number one, <laughs> laptop insurance. Uh, no, seriously, uh, pastoral king, care. You know, the word pastoral, funny enough, is actually a, a Christian. It's, a, it's an old Latin word. Uh, it comes from the shepherd. Do you mean? So it is, and it's largely used in Christian terms. Care, I think we know about. It's looking after something, isn't it? You know, but if we look at the concept of pastoral care, it's so that we, we help people to know God to grow in God and to go in God, that we look after the whole person. 
And, uh, and there's loads of ways of doing that, isn't there? You know, there's texting, there's turning up with food, there's visiting people, there's reading scriptures, there's prayer. There's everything involved in the whole thing. And, and what we've also got to know is the ultimate answer is Jesus. Because he is the ultimate on everything. So, a little silly story, which I think that the teenagers might like here. Um, but I found this illustration about, about oh, quite a while ago, but I've been waiting to use it. So, here we go. Okay? It, it talks about the illustration of a young lad in church. Uh, and he's in his Sunday school group. Uh, and the, the teacher's asking him these questions. And the teacher says to him, he says, uh, you know, uh, what is uh, grey, furry, eats nuts? And a little boy's thinking... It's got to be a squirrel. It's got to be a squirrel. But I'm in church, so he says, Jesus. <laughs> and it's kind of a bit like that. I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> but, but it's kind of like, you know, everything anchors itself in him. You know, that Jesus is the ultimate answer. You know, so that, that when we're looking at one another, when we're looking at pastoral care, the ultimate answer is bringing people before Jesus, of asking the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us and in one another. Do you know what I mean? You know, yet there's, there's other practical bits and other bits, but, but he is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we'll stay there. And, uh, and so when we've been looking at things, we just wanted to echo that, you know, we don't have all the answers, be gracious. But what we have been able to do is if you want to write out kind of five kind of different areas uh, that we already had going in God's central, or in essence, and also add to them the most important area we thought, which was starting everything in prayer. Because prayer unlocks everything. It brings us, lets us hear from God. It lets us bring things to God. And um, I'm delighted to embarrass uh, Ian, who I didn't know Mark was going to pick on all morning. But, um, <laughs> but Ian's agreed to facilitate um, a prayer group. So if you've been really tracking the notices, let, actually, let me be cheeky here. Who's seen a slide since June up there that says something about investing? Oh, about four, more than I thought. Okay. Okay, there's been a slide, every notices since June, say, could you invest 30 minutes with us? And, and a picture of a little, a little truck. Um, that's basically what we're asking, is that if you have time, and any time, okay, so we're not saying it's got to be 30 minutes here, no, if you could just find 30 minutes at some point during your week, whether it be lunch break, commute, home, in between doing school, pick up, whatever else, okay, we'd love to have a chat on, after the meeting on the 1st of December to look at trying to build a prayer team where we pray for one another. So what will happen is people will, will email requests into Ian. Ian will do his stuff and work out at the gym and get the glass of water and send an email out. Okay, And then we pray for one another because actually that's bringing each other before God. You've got a big O there. I like that. We could have had an amen if we were in church, but it was good. <laughs> okay, it's, it's where we start, isn't it? Yeah, that we, want, that we build things in prayer. Um, so I say, well, we'll talk more about that and have a and a session on that after the meeting on the 1st of December. Uh, for anyone who wants to be things, there's a couple of, you know, terms and procedures and things that we need to get going. Um, but the other five, and again, we get, we'll, these will be out more uh, on the web and stuff, so, and I think you know them. But number one is the one in, uh, Mark just beautifully summed up better than me, one anothering. It's looking after one another. I mean, it just happens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's part of being the people of God is that we look after one another. We find someone to text and have a coffee with. That's happening. Number two, Mark's also covered off, is that we look after each other through the midweek community groups, which Mark leads and by the sounds of it does better drinks orders than the one that I'm part of. So I might need to change. No. Um, but, but it's where we, you know, you've got 50, 100 people on a Sunday. You can't get deep with people. 
you know, midweek groups, probably half a dozen to ten or so, you can get deeper. You can pray for one of them. I love, I love the group I'm part of. I have to be honest, uh, last Monday was one of the most fun times I've had in a long while. It really was an absolute side splitter for those of us who were there. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's just doing life. And uh, there are safer places as well to grow. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, how do I grow? I think you get into a midweek group because you can pray for people. You can share stuff. You can have ideas. You know, it's part of the discipleship is also care. Um, Next one, bang in the middle is something that we want to formalise. It happens, but we're going to call it a care team. And after we've had the prayer meeting on the 1st of December, on the 8th we'll have another little quick catch-up over tea and coffee. But the care team is really for visiting people. So we have a a number of people. We have at least two I can think of this morning who aren't here um, because they're at home with ill health. And it's making sure that, that we keep one another in those people. So the care team's primary responsibility, really, is to go visit, whether that be home or hospital. And I know loads of you do it already. Do you know what I mean? We just want to kind of put some flesh on what's already going on. Um, And therefore, the criteria, really, is availability. (laughs) Again, we can talk through some guidance on it, but there's no point saying, oh, I love the idea of that. But actually, I work up in town, I get the, I don't know, 5 o'clock train in, I get the 11 o'clock train at home, but I'd love to get to hospital visiting. Well, hospital visiting is 3.30 in our home, so we may have a problem. You know, it's, it, you know we've got to be around. So, so that one uh, happens, but we want to build it. Then the next two, uh, again, um, we'll, we'll know of, but we want to formalise them. The, the number four is one that we've um, called the PITS team. Uh, pastoral intervention team. It's not unique to us. It's borrowed from somewhere you can probably imagine. So if you look at uh, Christchurch Lancaster, you might see something similar on their website. <laughs> but, but we like the idea because it, for those of us who are men and like motor racing, there's that kind of pits analogy of going in to be fixed up. And that's pretty much roughly what this is. It's where at times we'll need specialist help. You know, you know we, live in a, we live in a broken world. And we, as we continue to grow and go things... There are places where we need specialist help, whether that be for you know, bereavements or addictions or victims of violence and those sort of things. You know, there, there are genuine things that are outside of possibly the gifting we have within God Central. And so we want to have a team who can, who can get hold of us and can walk us, can do the one anothering and can help research and take places where we can actually get into the right place. Okay, So this is something that we're building on. Um, initially, um, Ben and I will continue to kind of uh, do that and, and explore. But in 2020, we really do want to meet. Well, it's never going to be a big team, but we want to kind of keep exploring things with a couple or two or three people that we've already spoken to and just see where that goes. Because, you know, we do need it, don't we? You know, there, there is so much going on. And the last one has uh, been going on now for a year is elders. You know, you know, I love getting back to the word of God. You know, James, Jesus' half-brother, says, you know, James chapter 5, 14, if anyone is, is sick, let them call, so the emphasis being there, let them call on the elders of the church to pray for them uh, and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, which we did a couple of weeks ago or so. Okay, so we've got elders. Um, so that really, most of that is going on, do you know what I mean? But we just wanted to put it out there so that everyone knows it's going on um, and make sure that we're caring for one another. You know, we really is important that our heart is that we want to involve everyone. And, and yeah, there's grey areas. Yeah, there's holes to pick. But it's just uh, where we stand at the moment as we try to build Jesus' kingdom here. Um, 
And I want to add just on the end of it, having been <laughs> blessed by most of that on both sides of things, you know, that we do trust in a risen and reigning God. You know, we really do. You know, and, and in it all, our hope and our anchor is in Christ alone. You know, for me, I shared, you know, quite powerfully over the summer, you know, broken leg. You know, was my identity going to be in what I could do or in Christ? Do you know what I mean? You know, was, was my identity therefore Ben or God-given? You know, uh, and was my faith going to hold whether I could walk again or not? You know, and, and Jesus is enough. You know, our, our theology has to embrace that all-loving God, to trust in his character. And that's blooming hard. <laughs> it's blooming hard. But that's where we've got to get to, you know, is that whatever comes, um, we're going to go there. So, uh, as the band come up, we're, we're going we're to finish by declaring the name of Jesus and singing, you know, what a beautiful name it is. Um, and enjoying God. And I also just want to plug, on one of the notice slides you probably saw, we've... Uh, on the week beginning the 9th of December in the midweek groups, we're going to be listening to Louis Giglio, who, if you've been around God Central, you'll know, comes American guy, um, part of Passion Movement. He did, he's done a talk. We've, we've, a lot of us have benefited from Goliath Must Fall. That's why Karen, I think, is getting excited. Okay, He's done another talk, talk called uh, I'm Not Okay, But Jesus Is, and he talks about mental health. And we're going to run that in the midweek groups that week because, again, it's, it's, a, it's a massive issue, a massive bit that we need to embrace, you know. And, and as Christians, we're not called to hide from issues. We're called to embrace them with our God, to push into them, knowing that he has made a way through them because he is sovereign over them, that there is no circumstance, no matter what, that is outside the grasp and love and sovereignty of our Lord. So if we could stand... Um, we're, we're going to worship, and at the end of the, at the end of this, we're going to we're going to pray for Ian as he heads up some prayer bits, and we'll do a bit of prayer for one another, and then we'll have uh, another bit of refreshments. But let's just uh, lift up the name of God and declare His goodness. <laughs>